Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask dads who inspire us the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, Christian's joined by prolific folk artist Tim Berry, who's also well-known as the lead singer for infamous Richmond, Virginia punk band Avail. Tim's a rad dad to two daughters and shares how exercise makes him a better parent. And he talks about the importance of exploring nature and history with his kids and how he values playing music for kids at schools and daycares around town. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much packed into this interview. We're super excited to share it with you. So let's get into it. Here's Tim Barry on the Rad Dad Show. All right. Uh, so, uh, Tim, welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Uh, who are you? My name is Tim Barry. I live in uh, Virginia, in the city of Richmond. <clears throat> I uh, play music. That's kind of what I've done for most of my life and had a million jobs in between tours, like a lot of folks who play music. I have two awesome kids, Leela Jane, who just turned nine, <clears throat> and Coralie, who just turned seven. And I love being a dad. Awesome. I like it. I always think like, I've been around the world a hundred times. I've done loops around the country more times than I can imagine. I've been all through Canada. I've been everywhere. Um, but man, my greatest, greatest accomplishment is, is, is dadding without a doubt. I well, love it. It, we're going to say it's the greatest accomplishment is rad dadding. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? I don't use the word rad much. Um, I don't know why. It's maybe such a West Coast thing. We don't really say rad. We say y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, rad dad. That works. So like, would you consider yourself one? And I, and we're a bit in, in, ambiguous with that, that question in terms of that definition. You know? How would you define a rad dad? I don't know. But I know that the the parents that I surround myself with um, are hardworking and, and deeply love their children, and I would say that that's pretty rad. Um, uh, I, I I do see um, some parents struggle um, with their duties, and that's difficult to watch. Um, um, and um, certainly hard to, 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 to be around sometimes, but definitely like we all have our struggles and we all have our limitations, but putting the kids first and prioritizing them, I think is the best and the raddest approach with parenting. Um, and we all have so many different styles too. Um, so like with your, with your 10 year old, how, how do you consider yourself rad? What do you do that that gives you the um, the the label? Um, a few, you know, when I initially kind of concocted that question, um, my my interest was, I guess, um, pursuing my own interests and being a better person, which allowed me to be a better father. And so. You know, I, I do this on the side. I, I, I play in a band as well, like a cover band for fun. And so I, um, so I, I, yeah, I guess I pursue my interests, but not, not at the sake of, you know, my son or, or being, it just made me a better person. Uh, and I think me being a better person makes me a better dad. So that's kind of where it was uh, initially. And I guess it still kind of is. But then also having a number of conversations with all of the people on the show, one of the themes that comes up with this particular question is the the fact of just being present. And to me, um, I'm present with my son whenever I have him all the time. I am involved with his hockey. I coach. I I get involved with his school. I'm a school teacher, and so I'm you know really interested in his education. And so I have. And involvement and have these expectations of him, um, that, that sort of thing. So the it's the involvement piece, but also kind of taking time for myself. I guess what I would. Does he go to the school that you teach at? No, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. He's, okay. uh, um, and then the other thing too, I guess I should mention is that 
I have them half time. So it's a, a week on week off arrangement that I have with my ex. And do you find that schedule to be difficult? The seven days apart? Well, and here's the thing going back in terms of the involvement piece. Initially, it was because we've been kind of separated from when, when he was around three or four. It was mm-hmm. hard. At, well, we had a different schedule then. But when, we, when he was going into school, we like, okay, we want him to have more stability. So it was hard. But what I found is I just got more involved in his stuff. So like we put him in hockey. I'm going to coach him. So if I have him, uh, yeah. don't have him for the week, I'm going to see him. I got it. That's, that's, that is, that's fantastic. Cause I, I am in the same situation as you. Um, my girl's mother and I are not together, but our schedule's super eclectic, but I like it that way. Cause I'm never away from the girls for more than a couple of days at a time. Um, but yeah, the week, like once, once a year when they go to the beach or something like that, I really kind of can't handle it. Like it's, it's, it's like a strange detox to not be around the kids for that long. And I can see where um, you and your relationship uh, with your son benefit from it, because then you have the ability to, to go do the band stuff and whatnot, but you're still seeing him consistently with two practices, maybe three practices and a game a week. That's great. Yeah, it, it works. You know, uh, his mom and I have been have known each other since we were in junior high, so over thirty years now, and um, we we have just a good relationship, a, a good co-parenting relationship. And now he's at the age where my his school is really close to my house, and so he walks to school when he's with me, and walks home. And even when he's with her, he walks to my house. Uh, so after school, and, and she'll pick him up. So if she's running late and I might see him even those days. Right. And so it's, Man, it's so cool. It, you know, if I was like to have a recommendation to people in that sort of situation, you know, the, the co-parenting and it's just communication. It took us a while to get there for sure. But uh, yep. um, if you have a partner that uh, ex partner or whatever, that's, we, we always put our, our kid first, you know, and that's ultimately what it, what it came to be. So that, that's the most important thing always, you know, you were, what you were talking about earlier, I was thinking about this today. Um, I go running every morning and if I don't, my brain just doesn't work the way it should. And so like this morning was a typical morning to get the girls up for school, um, drop them off, come home, at least do like a quick run exercise even if it's just a walk. And then that's sort of like my morning coffee and then my day starts. I'm a better dad when I get the chance to do things like exercise. It relieves so much stress and it gets my thoughts straight. And I notice um, that if I don't do that, I have a shorter fuse. Um, I'm more lethargic. We're not as active. And that's something I've been trying to suggest to folks who get a little pent up with their parenting is to always, it's even, you know, if I can do this alone and still get a chance to go on a walk, you know, people who have uh, like, like life partners and stuff like that can take, dude, you just got to take that minute and go on a walk or go on a run or play hockey or shoot the basketball or whatever it is that makes you tick um, and make making goals, what not, like whatnot. I think it helps so much. I'm glad that you have the ability to do that and sitting and playing music or listening to music or enjoying it. If that was the root of, of how you found fell into like sort of the counterculture or DIY and sharing it with your kids. We play music at the house a lot. They're not really taking off. They're writing a ton of songs, but they're not, you know, have you, did we have such a short attention spans? I can't, I don't know. Um, but when I put a guitar in their hands, they're so interested, but if it doesn't work instantly, they just set it right back down, but they both can write a hundred songs. You should hear them. They're incredible. In fact, Leela wrote her first song um, when she was five. It's on one of my records she just sang on my newest record. 
um, Coralie is writing songs like crazy. It's so fun to hear what they're singing about too. Um, uh, but that's, they're not learning instruments. That's rad. My son is he, he does piano and the same sort of thing. Like a lot of my friends are musicians. One of my best friends has like a recording studio in his basement and we've taken him there a few times. And that's where, where my band, we, we were a bad religion cover band. And so we, we, okay. we, we practiced there. Our first gig for that band was like an all, we called it an all age or rager. We had like, you know, 20 little kids, like three, four, five years old, like in the, in the mosh pit and <laughs> talking about like sharing. So, you know, I would go back to that question you, you asked me. So, you know, being involved, taking time for yourself. And also I want to be able to share the things that I love with my kid. And, uh, but at the same time, like not, be overbearing you know if he's not really into skateboarding for say i'm not going to force him to do do yeah. that how, how is that with music like does is that well, something that you want them to do or is it just i i'm i believe in exposing them to everything almost like an unschooling technique where you kind of give them the opportunity to touch and see and hear everything and make their own decisions of how deeply they want to get into it the only thing that we don't do is use um, phones or computers, like iPhones and computers at our house. They don't have iPods. I mean, iPads. They don't have, they have an old iPod that they listen to. Uh, we use vinyl records. It's not that I'm a Luddite as much as it is anytime that they've touched computers or phones. They're intuitive. It's not something that they have to take time to learn. They can pick up an iPod or an iPad in, in, in 10 minutes have the thing mastered. So I don't feel like it's necessary for me to present that to them right now, because when the time uh, is necessary for them to use them, they'll figure them out really quickly. Um, so what I surround them with is things that are a little more complicated. Like um, we have instruments around. If they pick them up and, and ask, I'll show how to alternate the bass strings or um, if they're interested in recording something, you know, I'll do that for them um, or how to fish or um, shoot a BB gun or, um, you know, the, the American Civil War was fought right in this area. So we go out and we relic hunt with metal detectors and find old bullets and um, uh, this is a very historic uh, city. There's houses, you know, within 30 mile radiuses that are built in the 1700s. So we go out and bottle dig um, for old bottles. And um, uh, I mean, we take the boats out. We, I mean, it's just endless. We go on nature walks. We do tree identification and butterfly identification. And um, we plant gardens and, um you know, like like a project that we're working on as we live across the street from an old folks home that is folks that um, would have lived uh, in government funded housing projects when they were younger or or later lost money. So it's it's poorer elderly folks. So they have um, limitations with with uh, transportation and 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 other sort of. Um, needs where they can't get around as well as they should. So we've taken over city property and planted gardens all, we're starting to plant gardens all around their um, apartment complex so that they can just walk out and pick fresh vegetables, things like that, that sort of give back to the community as opposed to um, forcing things upon them, just giving them the opportunity to see how you can change things with little small um, gestures like planting a vegetable garden for folks who don't can't get around too well to like understanding the nature and the structure of the things that you're surrounded by and how you got to where you are by investigating the past. Um, uh, we just had the Confederate monuments um, in most of central Virginia removed uh, over the summer and uh, we got to explore that aspect of history. We got to see, um, we got to study what all of the horses on the statues names were and roles were in the war. And um, 
And then we got to watch the removal of, of uh, well, we didn't go to the actual removals, but we got to see them before and after. So just for me, it's about the experience uh, that, that we share. I also would think back like, you know, I got two friends, Alex and Jason, who both have kids coming uh, within the next few weeks. And I'm being reminded of the nervousness uh, that anticipation induces. And then, and then how your human nature takes over um, and the baby's there and then your instincts kick in. Um, and I'm being reminded about the the anticipation of thinking how drastic your life will change when the baby shows up and how what I always suggest to new parents and new dads is you just take them on the ride with you. If you love to go camping on the other side of the river, bring your kid. You can still do it. And it's actually more fun when you have your baby with you. Or if you like to, um, go on road trips just randomly to the mountains because the leaves are changing, go, don't stop. Don't, if you want to fly to Florida to play a festival, bring your kids. It's awesome. Then they get to meet all your crazy musician friends, as long as it's a safe environment. <laughs> I love that so much. That's like, that epitomizes really what we try to, I guess, model with the whole rad dads thing is like, I got, tired of people like using kids as an excuse for not doing what they want to do or uh, it's like yeah like I'm into punk rock music like that it changed my life going to shows when I was like 13 I want my son to experience that do I want him to be a punk rocker no but I want him to have experience of like experiencing live music and, and then maybe finding an interest there and so I started a band and we had kids come because there's not very many all ages shows and so the dads can bring their kids because we make make it welcome from them oh, or, you know, have hosted a skateboard night in the summer. Every Sunday we would have, hey, dads, I want to go skateboarding. Bring your kids, too. So there's a, there was a bunch of kids skateboarding that got to meet each other and the dads hanging out. And, and then you get to build a network, which is especially during the what well, can I interject real quick and say, I love using my kids as an excuse to not do certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I get that too. I don't like going out at night. I'm ready. I'm ready for bed at nine. So if there's a show coming through town and I don't feel like going, I'll be like, got the kids, can't go. <laughs> can't argue with me. But um, I also will say I just don't feel like going because I don't like lying. But um, if I don't have the kids that night. But yeah, man, like um, you're reminding me of Greg and Shanti had, had started that play date band. Yeah, um, I interviewed Greg. Did you interview them? Yeah, Greg, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was a real hoot when they started doing that. And I've always gone and played at schools, right? Which is hilarious because if you've ever listened to my music other than Avail, it's the most abrasive, raunchiest folk music. I got I to gotta say that like when I started writing all these solo songs, I never planned on releasing them. So they there's a lot of bad words. There's a lot of strange content in them. But um, so it sounds funny that I'll go and play at schools. Um, but starting a few years ago when I was playing at um, my daughter's school, that's when I noticed that my oldest daughter, Leela, started wearing my old Avail shirts and things like that. And I mean, Coralie is, is a, you know, she, she loves to dress up. She loves pink, she loves all that. But we had a birthday party the other day and, and Leela's in all black with the side of her head shaved, <laughs> um, wearing, you know, like punk clothes, like a, um, what is the shirt? A misfit shirt. And <laughs> so even if I don't want them to be a punk, they might be growing up that way. But, you know, I guess, especially during the um, difficult uh, last uh, almost two years now with the pandemic, it is important to like to have uh, these outside sort of gatherings like you're talking about the skate park and stuff like that and build a network of, of uh, you, know, you know, a bubble of when people are available to get together and stuff. It's so important for the kids um, to still have those social bonds. And one of 
blessing to have skateboarding. We we ride bikes like BMX and stuff like that. That's kind of what's most available right in our immediate vicinity. Although there's great skate parks here too. Um, but yeah, it's great to have those outdoor options. And we all are pretty lucky that we live um, in, a, in a, a grouping of people that embraces that kind of stuff. Because I mean, just in my own neighborhood, there's kids who've never been exposed to even the river that's one block away, which, oh, wow. is, which is shocking to me. Um, or that they don't know that there's like a BMX course down at the bottom of the hill or that four blocks away there's a skate park you know so we are um also proactive um coming up the way that we have you know what i'm saying like it's something about punk how you fall into it and what you take from it is sort of um it sticks with you no matter what phase in life you're at and i think that sort of proactive drive to do things um is one of them this yeah. i gotta move this for a second so hang with me this is a part of the pandemic that i couldn't avoid and that is getting kittens <laughs> oh pandemic pets <laughs> the girls bugged me for so long this is dumb dumb that's dumb dumb you can hear she's like six pounds she hasn't grown at all and she just plays in the middle of the street chasing her tail <laughs> my neighbors will text and be like she's about to get hit by a car again <laughs> just like well she's not living in a cage at the, at the animal shelter so um okay so I'll keep going with some of these questions you've kind of touched on a lot of the stuff that i was going to ask you about so maybe we'll, we'll transition do you uh, did fatherhood change you and what oh what, yeah yeah I mean, I'm sure that you can vouch. Um, maybe this is something that all all parents say, but there, I have two distinct lives. There's the life before I was a, a dad and a, the life after that. And um, I like the dad life better. Um, I'm healthier. I'm happier. I feel more driven. Um, even if their cats drive me crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, two different lines. I mean, it's like, it, it really like the, the accomplishments that, that I made with music, like, you know, personal ones, not financial rewards or record sales or popularity or anything like that. Um, uh, again, like I got, I've gotten to do so much. I've learned so much. I've met so many great people. Um, but when the kids came, I just, it was like music is still like the you know one of the biggest factors in my life but I I started doing it in, in like a, a way that was based around the kids needs and and I yeah two different lives it's like the old life is a is a weird dream and this is reality how did it, you said you mentioned it said it made you healthier and more driven it, why more driven seems like you were you, does, does that well driven for with with a different um perspective driven to to um i, I don't know how to explain this and you can ask my neighbors they think i'm nuts they think that i'm, <laughs> I'm almost at fault for how i prioritize the kids over my own needs and well-being and and those are also neighbors without children so they don't know the, the feelings that you gain personally from the uh, watching your kids flourish and learn and and um, be happy. It's like the, it's like the great it, it's 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 impossible to un, to understand love until you truly have. And um, when I mean driven, I mean, I'm driven by the love of my children and the love for my children to be healthier to live as long as i possibly can to provide for them to let them provide for themselves um it's the the motivation and drive to to bring them the best in life that they can handle but also not to pamper them 
there's an Irish saying, I can't remember, paraphrase it. It's a child whose parent does everything for them is doomed for life. So the kids do have to do things. <laughs> they can't just lay around and ask me to bring them more water. I, I could attest that, you know, being a high school teacher for 20 plus years, you, know, you definitely see um, the wide range of gamut of parenting styles and how it yeah. has an influence on their students. And uh, sometimes you have to parent the, the parents, the, the parents <laughs> being a teacher. So I get that. Yeah. You know, I've learned with, with things like, you know, pampering, because it's impossible not to just want to coddle your kids, even as they get older, is to um, just reward the hell out of them when they ever they do something without being asked to. Um, it could be as something as simple as like the hand towel, uh, putting a new hand towel on the rack and just what the good, I can't believe you did that. That's fantastic. You know what I mean? They'll do it again and again and again. It's great. Um, you know, cleaning up, making the table, taking everything off the table, doing the dishes. They, they I mean, my, my Cora Lee, who's seven now has been responsible for starting the laundry since she was five, you know, she can turn, she can put everything in, put the soap in, turn it on, close it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, got it. And, and when she does that without asking, that's when the super praise comes in, you know, and then they do things for themselves. I love parenting, like tips like that. I never read the books. I've never read the books, but I love listening to, to how other people solve problems or, yeah. Me too. And I, that's what I've enjoyed so much about like having these conversations and having the show. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful people listen to it, you know, because I put some time in and you give your time, but I walk away more from, you know, if I look at all the interviews that I've done, all of these kind of little tips and tidbits that I've walked away from, it's just made me a, a more reflective father for sure. You know, I didn't get a chance to listen through, I, I popped on to Brian's, um, a little bit of Brian's uh, because he's a close friend. And then there was another one where I just heard the um, sort of like overview, the bullet point, And that was just attached to your Instagram. And I don't know who it was, but they were saying, um, you know, it's not like the words or the argument or, or the frustration or the happiness that, that the child remembers. It's the feeling of safety. And it was a really, really profound sort of like, um statement in its simplicity and it was it's true it's you know it's kind of crazy the truth that comes from that did you always and, want to, did you always want to be a dad oh no hell no <laughs> I, I i was living pretty rough i mean always sort of been paycheck to paycheck always um most often in between tours doing odd jobs um house full of people riding freight trains, sleeping in the woods. I mean, just rough, uh, chaotic life, which was sort of like my instinct. Like that's just kind of, I mean, I've spent most of my life on the road, sleeping on the floor in squats in Europe and stuff like that. Um, but um, I fell in love and the woman um, that I was with, uh, I knew from the beginning that she, she, she really wanted children and she too is a school teacher and just I, I loved her so much and um in a part of love is you know um you know hearing hearing where other people are coming from and she never encouraged it but my brain started adapting to the idea and my niece was born um and some other friends had kids and, and, and it all just started making sense. And then we were married and then it was very intentional. Um, so no, beforehand, no. But it's funny how, um, uh, how you feel about someone can really change your perspectives on things in a positive way. And no way was I cornered, no way was I forced. It was just based on my, my love for a person. Um, I also think like and this is this is on parenting and off parenting world is like that life is kind of how do I I'm, 
always try to figure out how to explain this. Like it's like a maze of phases. Um, there's so many phases that we go through and some people are embarrassed by certain phases in their lives, but they're all stepping stones. They're all times that you learn from. And whether I wanted children in the immediate time before I had them, you know, before uh, that those perspectives changed or not, it's sort of irrelevant to the fact that like, now that they're here, it's, it's my motivation, you know? Now, if these cats could just stay outside. <laughs> I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, that, I, it, it I, I, I often babble. I don't talk a lot and I don't do podcasts, but maybe once a year. Um, and I don't have too many close, close, close friends. So it's when I start talking, I, I don't always make sense. Um, but yeah, I like the phase that I'm at. And um, I don't regret the phase I was at when, you know, I was consciously conscious of the idea of not having children because I wasn't at a spot for it. And there's also something to be said about, you know, growing up, I have friends who had kids, you know, at 17 years old. We all do. But, you know, you either had them at 17 and now it seems like you either have them at 17. Around here, you have them at 17 or now you're waiting till you're like in your mid or late 30s. And the people I know who had kids when they were 17 are, are suddenly unleashed on the world now. Um, and, and I don't know if it's better or worse to, to, to do one or the other, but I, I, I guess I needed to get that raising hell out of my body um, before I was ready personally to have uh, kids. And I'm glad, I'm glad I got those things out of my system because I'm ready to just Curl yeah, curl up at eight o'clock, go watch a movie time. Well, I mean, I went down, I played my first show recently since the shutdowns, and I went down and played Fest in Florida. And when I saw that my stage time was three o'clock in the afternoon, I couldn't have been happier. Chuck, um, I, I showed up, you know, to the venue to set up merch at like noon, and Chuck was there, Chuck Reagan. And we were talking, I was like, what the hell? You already lost your voice. And he's like, oh, I had to play at 12.45 this morning. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are done. Put me on at three. And then the kids can come. Uh, yeah, I agree. I get that too. Like we, we the band, we played a, like a bands as band show at Halloween. And and one of the guys wanted to have a later time slot. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, I was fighting. I'm like, no, man, I want to be home. Like get me to that's even with shows that come through you know I still love to go see live music and see shows and then when I find out that you know doors not till like nine or ten o'clock I'm yeah. just like ah like that means they're probably not coming on till 1 a.m like I want to be see a band I want to be home 10 o'clock <laughs> you know when um when Leela was born shortly after that I, I had the realization like as I'm touring so I was still touring real hard up until Leela was born. In fact, when Leela was born, when she was about three months old, I went over and toured um, all of the UK with Frank, with Frank Turner um, for three weeks. And that's the longest tour I did since the, the girls have been born. And um, when I got back from that and I was touring in the US, they kept pushing for me to be bar fodder, you know, to nine, nine or 10 doors, as you're saying on stage at midnight and it's just like that's not why i'm doing this and the people who come to the shows are grown-ups so you're actually going to do better you know what i'm saying i started thinking like this isn't working for the people coming and it's not working for me and because i don't uh give two craps about the music industry or my role in it i decided that all of my shows the doors are going to be seven and i'm on stage at nine from now on and if the venue can't accommodate that schedule for the grown-ups the parents who have babysitters at home and and for me then i just won't play their venue i have an acoustic guitar i can play wherever i want i can play in a parking lot or a park um i prefer to play in a venue where people can have a meal and have a couple drinks and and listen to music and then be home by 10 
and relieve the babysitter. And I've done it since then, since that day. I announced it. My ticket sales shot through the roof because you may have thought twice about not going to the show where the doors are at nine, but you're like, hell, I can watch the whole set and be asleep by 1030. And even if you don't like my crappy kubaya three chord hippie music you still get to go hang out with your friends yeah and that has worked and i encourage other people who play music or do anything like that to just change the rules the, you, when you play at a venue they're hosting your party you're paying rent on it instead i think growing up with punk you always think they're doing you a favor but truthfully they're capitalizing off of your art so you can work in kind, you know, and give res respect where it's due. But in the end, if you're paying a percentage of the door cut or uh, a flat fee, they're hosting your event. And your event should be based on the times that work best for the people who come to your shows and your children. Because if I'm playing a show in Richmond, I want to get home. I, I, yeah, I appreciate that so much, you know, being a parent too. Like I, I was listening to a radio station yesterday, actually in the morning host, two, two guys, two dads, and they were, they were posing the question of what, what, what have you quit that you didn't think you'd miss? And they were talking about that. The fact that they used to go to a lot of concerts when they were younger, but both of them being dads and working a morning show where they have to be up at 4 a.m. for to be at work, they don't go and see, go to concerts anymore and, or see bands that they like. And, and I was like, oh, that's, that's just a bummer. You know, like that, yeah. the fact that you can't do that. You know, they, they were happy with, with their life and, and whatnot. They didn't really miss it, but me, I would miss it. And I'm, I'm the same. Like I have a situation where like if a band's coming through and I do have my son, my my ex will usually take them say you know i want to go to the show and she, she'll say oh yeah you can stay with me so i i have that opportunity but i i get it and then the other thing too like how do you feel about like all ages shows i, I find that there's like a, a there used to be when i was growing up a lot more all age venues i don't know what it's like in the states but here it seemed to transition you know a lot of the the, the bigger bands coming through do play 18 plus and it kind of bums me out because I would like to to bring my son like like you said I want yeah. to bring my kid with me I don't know that I've studied like because the people who come to my shows are are over 21 I mean I, they're they're 21 to the you know like it's a very broad um age demographic I mean the people in their 60s come to the shows um and the shows are always generally in pretty small venues but so I haven't looked deeply into the all ages aspect with my own shows, but man, I, I can't tell you how many shows that I play that it's becoming generational and the parents are bringing their kids. And so usually the kids can camp out on stage. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, I'm just trying to think of Richmond. I'm not going to think of anywhere else right now. But when I play Richmond, it's got a ton of kids there. So it has to be an all ages venue or they're turning their head. Um, yeah. Cool. But it also serves alcohol and has food. So, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of the best of, of all the worlds where it's like a grown up enough environment where like the whole family can come and I can just watch my dirty mouth <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> What's uh, the most rewarding aspects of being a dad? Um, I, you know, I can't dig too deep in my memory bank, but I'm going to say that it, it, that changes daily. And I'm going to tell you this, the most rewarding part this week has been watching um, Leela's complete overwhelming happiness with being on her first sports team and last week it was Coralie who's seven um has a lot of difficulty reading we read all the time um we do daddy school which is whoa <laughs> this is the other cat that just stepped on the computer we do daddy school where we like work on 
uh, letters and putting letters together and stuff like that. I don't know if it helps, but I think maybe like her writing letters and stuff all the time will help improve her understanding of reading. But um, the most rewarding thing with her recently was I was laying in Leela's room reading to her at bedtime. I read to Leela first, then I go and read to Coralie. And um, Coralie had picked up one of our field guides, a bird field guide, like an identification uh, field guide. And she walked into Leela's room while I was reading and she went female and pointed to the field guide of a female bird. And then she went male. And it's the first time I've positively ID'd her as reading and not memorizing or mimicking. She read the two damn words, the, the full word first and then the root word second. And I burst into tears. And that was the most rewarding thing um, with both of my children recently. And uh, today that may change again. So I don't know overall it's rewarding, but I love little things like that. And I also like to consider little things like that, that um, as parents to never take those situations for granted or just like wave them off because you never know when it's the last time that something's gonna happen. Like your son's 10, Leela's nine. When is she not going to wake up and want to snuggle with me? When's the last time I get to like hold my nine-year-old or 10-year-old like and snuggle her? When's she, when is she going to be embarrassed to wear her daddy's stupid punk shirts to school? Um, when is Coralie going to just read every word that she can find and uh, it was the last time she needs me to sit with her and 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 work on on um, on the letters or you know when's the last time she's going to give me a morning hug which is like our tradition we do like morning hug and she jumps up on me and um, I think that's really important as parents and as dads to always never take the little things like like that for granted like you know, everyone who has kids that are say in their twenties or whatever they all, and all, all, every adult who has uh, adult children is going to say like, it goes so quick, but those little things that are the last time it, it we can't take for granted ever. I, uh, I agree with that. It's uh, <laughs> it'll come. I, I think I see, I'm slowly seeing a shift in my son, you know, you know, I say he's, he's going on 10, but you know, some days I'm like, Oh my God, you're like a 16 year old. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> but so I, I totally relate to that. And I also see that too with, with students, you know, who aren't my kids, but my students, you know, I've taught junior high, which is, um, you know, here it's grade seven to nine, which would be, you know, 12 to, to 14. And so that's a lot different than a high school and just, how you know they treat their parents and or talk about their parents and things like that too so yeah yeah hold on to those moments for sure yeah yeah i had that the other day we went to a birthday party and and leela looked at me and she looked at me up and down and she goes you're gonna wear that <laughs> <laughs> the first time she'd ever done that oh my lord <laughs> So then what, do you go on the extreme and just kind of embarrass them a little bit? Oh, yeah, I, I did the flip. I put on like nice pants and a, like a nice Fred Perry shirt. And um, and she's like, buttons? Like on the shirt? I was like, you don't know how cool the shirt is. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Um, are, are you comfortable talking about the relationship with your dad? Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. My dad, um, um, he was not very present. He can vouch for that. I'm sure he, he was, um, you know, he was in the military. Um, and then, uh, worked for the government after that. Um, but not for long. And he has, done a lot of different jobs, but most of them, he hasn't, you know, he, he, he worked a lot. He did coach the soccer team. 
um, that we were on and it was just different times um, and abilities to, to be present, you know, like um, I have to, let me just jump off my dad for a second and, and, and stress that the position I'm in is one of the most lucky that any parent can be in um, with how I make money because I do run my own small business. And because of that, I can put the priority on the kids. And because I'm happily divorced, I can choose to do the majority of that work when the children are with their mother. So I kind of have this all in situation. So when I say that my dad wasn't as present, say as I am, that's with the understanding that he had to work a regular job. And that's what most parents do do. Um, I love my dad dearly. Uh, he's still running around doing his thing. And um, man, we have the best relationship. He's the best grandfather. Um, man, I can't speak any more highly of, of him. I look up to him in ways that he'll probably never understand. Um, every day I become more like him. <laughs> and uh, as opposed to, to many people who um, abhor the idea of becoming their parents, I embrace it because I think he's awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, has he influenced your parenting style? Uh, no, because he, he I, I believe he's been a fantastic parent because he has done nothing but supported the phases that I've gone through without interjecting and saying you shouldn't do something. Um, he never said you shouldn't waste your time playing that crappy punk music. Um, but if I wanted to get a drum kit, I had to buy it myself. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that comes across now is it's the, in the, in a sense that I'm not trying to guide my children down a path um, as many parents do. I, I really am emulating my dad's style in the sense that he watches and the only time that he would interject if is if there was a safety issue and are you like that with your girls yeah but i i'm also constantly terrified that they're going to fall off <laughs> fall off the ninja line or break their head open riding riding a bmx bike or <laughs> do something like that um i did just get him one of those ninja lines have you ever tried those things yeah, like the, the zip lines it's no ninja line is like a slack line, like a ratchet strap. Basically, you put between two trees and it has things that you can you know, like jungle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watch them out there instead of them doing the jungle gym thing, they're climbing and going all the way up it and ending up in the emergency room checking to see if their hands are broken. after falling. I, I get it. In my, my son's 10 years, he's broken his elbow twice. Once, oh. once at the monkey bars at school and get there it all. And then one just recently, actually, at the beginning of the hockey season, he was, um, it, it was just after hockey practice. And me and the, some of the dads were just chatting outside the rink. And there was a park and they, they, were, they wanted to go to the park. And so, yeah, go, go ahead, go to the park. And he was jumping the, the fence and <sighs> he got twisted up on the top and sure enough fell down. <sighs> your heart just like, <gasps> And he's a pretty tough kid and like, yeah. you know, can kind of shake things off, but he wasn't shaking this off. And so you, you immediately like start to panic and that, that fear that you mentioned, yeah. sure enough, took him and to you're the almost hospital. Like, you're almost like, I hope it's just a broken, is it the same fracture? It was the same arm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was in a cast for, for six weeks, got it off a couple of weeks ago, but but I, I get that 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 fear. You know, let, let them do what they what they want to do, but yeah, the safety for sure. A um, few more questions. Um, you you kind of mentioned, like you said, you're the one of the longest tours with with, the, with Frank Turner, the three weeks. Like, how do you deal with being away from your kids? Obviously, it's probably changed over the pandemic and you not being out there as much. But is that that's something you just kind of deal with as a as a musician or yeah. kind of part of the territory? I should preface it by saying that like um, that pandemic sucked, but um, 
that time I got to spend with the girls, I'll never, I mean, it, it was like by far the best case scenario of like, I got to spend almost two years with my children without, tra- without me traveling at all. It was insane. I got to see so much development and so many changes in them. I got to see them go from little kids to like young adults. It was, it was really neat. And I'll never get that time back. It's great. I'm so thankful in some ways for the way this all went down. Um, traveling will be a challenge 2022 if things uh, continue to be safe or if they grow safer is going to be a pretty hectic year for me. Um, all of my decisions with music have been made um, based on the health of the community that I'm surrounded by, uh, mainly the, the little school that they go to. They don't go to a public school. I have them in a different school, and it's very small. And I have decided consciously to not take any risks with playing shows that could possibly get me sick because then that could affect the entire school in a negative way. And that's something that no one needs to happen over something as uh, trivial as music can be. Just um, 2022 is looking like it's going to be busy and that's gonna be a new challenge of like how to manage that. I will not leave them for more than a week, uh, which um, it's not before this, it wasn't uncommon for me to like drop them off at school, drive to the airport, fly to San Francisco, on a Friday, play on a Saturday, fly home on Sunday, pick them up from school on Monday. And that was like a really not uncommon schedule for me. Or if I was in a vehicle, drop them off at school on Friday, play Baltimore on Friday night, play New York City on Saturday, play Philadelphia on Sunday, drive home, pick them up at school on Monday. So that's sort of how I've all, I've approached it. Uh, um, one time I was actually up in Edmonton, um, I did like a maybe a two week tour with Murder by Death that was Southern California up into uh, BC and Alberta and maybe down to Calgary. Like, and that was about two weeks total. Yeah, I flew out of Calgary. And they, that's the second longest trip I've done in, you know, nine years. Oh, wow. Um, which is crazy because if you look at my tour schedules, it looks like I'm gone like all the time, but I'm really, I call it puddle jumping. I'm really going and coming right back. I went over with hot water to Europe one time. That was seriously, I was gone maybe a week. Um, so my long tour days are done. Now I base the schedules around the kids. I just turned down um, an inquiry from the Menzingers who I love and haven't gotten a chance to do like support for them, but it was just, it's, it wasn't uh, good with the family schedule. So that's just kind of where I'm at right now. And that's how I'll always be from now on. And I wonder, like, do you see like, so the Menzingers, they're relatively younger band. So I Mm -hmm. wonder if like older punk bands, like, you know, I've talked to a number of musicians and in the the same sort of thing and they try to have a schedule. It's almost like we need to start like a dad network, dad or parent (laughs) network between punk bands where they go, okay, we want to tour, but we have our kids. Let's tour for, you know, four days at a time, head home. Which is is how I do it. I mean, really, again, when I said that, what I was talking about, like changing the times on shows, um, I completely took control i grabbed it by the belt i was like this is how i'm gonna do it and if i get offers to do support i have to say no based on the time gone i i I can't i'm not gonna name drop i'm not gonna tell you specifics but i've gotten offers from some of the greatest musicians in the world and i look at and the offers are like in the bus with us blah, blah blah and i look at them and i'm just like i can't and I tell them straight up, I'm not leaving my kids for that amount of time. And if if you can't respect that, nobody's ever been dis, like felt disrespected by that. Um, and that's just how it has to be. So like you say that we should have like a dad network of bands who do that. I'm doing that. Awesome. <laughs> and I, I I would 
I would wonder if you, um, I, I can guarantee you that if you looked back at tour dates from a handful of bands and saw them and, and studied how they've changed since kids have been born into those bands, many of them are the same as mine. And I can, I can probably confidently say that the Bouncing Souls, Hot Water Music, all of my stuff, um, oh man, the list is endless. None of them are touring for five weeks anymore. None of them are going out for three weeks anymore. It's like in and out. And if it seems like they're on a tour, they're flying home. They're weekend shows, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, things like that. I never really thought about that, but I bet you could put it all together. Um, unless, you're, unless you're traveling with your family, unless you're popular enough that you have a bus and your kids can come. Um, like I've seen Laura do that uh, in the past where she travels with her daughter and stuff like that. And that's because it's being safely done in a bus. I know John Snodgrass was going to do that pre-pandemic. We were, um, you know, he was going to bring his family up from from um, Colorado up to do some shows in Calgary and Edmonton. We were, we were trying to like organize like a, a rad dad's baseball game with, with him and, <laughs> stuff and he was going to bring the family. And um, but yeah, didn't you know pandemic put that squash that, but but the same sort of thing. Like he he was you know willing to take his family and. And yeah. how cool is that? Like, you know, make a few bucks along the way and have a great vacation seeing the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> okay, um, last two questions. What's what's next for you? And, you know, you mentioned kind of the 2022, some shows coming up as things open up, but what about like music, albums? Are you writing new music? Yeah, I'm, I, it, we're in a really weird spot with, um, you know, everything, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Canada is feeling the, the same crunch that we are with the supply chain. So I am done with a record. Um, in fact, I'm done with a full length record called Spring Hill and uh, a four song seven inch called Carolina's RV. And I am awaiting um, news about how it will be released because it looks like you can't get a uh, physical product in like vinyl um it's possible I, I wouldn't get vinyl in until 2023 that's crazy it's crazy i know that like hot water just announced uh the release of their new album and the vinyl doesn't come in until october 2022 so mine hasn't even been shipped yet um for for uh, manufacturing so it's going to be a year before that stuff comes together so in other words i'm sort of hurry up and wait right now i i um I'm real excited about the recordings that I've done and, and um, it's been fun to not have a deadline, to not have to put out a record with a deadline based on tour dates and things like that. Um, music has been very exciting and relaxing again, the way it should be, as opposed to like the push to get things done to support certain events and whatnot. So, um, I'm always active in music, whether I release it or not. I don't know what possesses me to write so many songs, but I could record a whole nother record today if I felt like it. Um, I just can't stop. Um, so yeah, it's going to be busy for me because I'm going to do a lot of shows and at some point I'll have this record out and <laughs> just do it all over again <laughs> i get it i get it okay last question uh tim um are there any words of wisdom you'd like to leave for dads or future dads out there listening words of wisdom i don't know i think maybe the two friends that i have who have kids coming in the next three weeks have heard all there is don't let the um anticipation get to you your instincts will kick in the second the baby comes and you will know exactly what to do until they they fly out of the nest. And it's going to be a wild ride, but it's going to be rewarding in the end. Awesome. We'll leave it at that. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you so much.
All right, that was Tim Barry on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime, and in between time, stay rad.